I'm Tony Gargan and welcome to the Presenting, Pitching and Public Speaking podcast. This is where I'm going to give you information in regards to energy movement and how to create the mood with your tonality and your energy within your speech. As a speaker delivering in any format, you determine the energy in the room. So if you're speaking one-on-one to an individual, your energy, your tone, your movement will depict how that scenario will go. And also within a large environment, if you're speaking, standing on a stage, delivering to a large group of people, you actually manage the energy within the room. Your movement will convey the energy along with your tonality and what we call the roller coaster rule. Because when people sit in a learning environment, whether that's learning from you through reading your content or through listening to you, your explanations, your information. If you remember back to earlier sections, we've talked about infotainment or edutainment where people need to be both educated and entertained. And it's important to note that learning is actually state dependent. It depends on the tone and the room and the environment that you set. So the context is absolutely important as well as your content. So you will tend to be delivering your content to your audience of your desired nature i.e. if you are a teacher, you'll be delivering your content to your students. If you're speaking on a professional stage in public speaking, you'll be speaking to people who want to hear about public speaking. The context is absolutely important and you set the tone for that. It's important to note that when we talk about energy, we look at energy in different formats, both the visible and the invisible. So it's really, really important. And in fact, it's critical, particularly in the education environment that people are comfortable and you create that awareness because there's different types of learning. There's both passive and active. And we're going to share with you in this section how you can utilize exercises in the active environment and how people will learn passively, but still take in the information that you're sharing. So it's important that you, as the person leading the training, the delivery, the content, the public speaking, that you take ownership of that environment and that you create from the very start the tone for that delivery. It's important that your participants are having fun and are engaged throughout your speech and you can determine this through your own energy. So as I previously mentioned, each of us have our own kind of natural or our own default energy. And that can range from you being a shy or a quiet person, quite measured, maybe you don't move a huge amount in your delivery all the way up to people like myself who are quite energetic, quite bouncy, move around quite a lot. And again, you can polarize your audience with your default energy setting. So it's really, really important that you master alternative energy levels. So it's a challenge. It tends to be a challenge for you to sway from your default energy setting. So for me to move from the lively, energetic, really continually moving and creating a lot of energy in a room, if we're focusing on a really serious part of a speech or a story or of a delivery. I really struggle to lower the tone and to change my voice. So it's something that I need to continually work on. And maybe you have challenges through one section or the other. Again, with everything to do with public speaking, this is learned and continual practice can help you to create that tone. So there are different methods for you to manage the energy. So if, for example, you're in a live environment, whether that be video or face-to-face, if you're moving, if you're energetic, if you're using what we call satire categories, and I'll come to those in just a second, 
you can really set the tone. So if you move quite a lot, your energy is really high, your tone is high, you're speaking quickly, this will generate a buzz within the room. But if you want to lower the tone, it might be a really good method to sit on a stool or a chair to stop you from moving around so much. To use something called a pause, which so few people use effectively, and I hold both hands up to say I'm guilty of speaking too quickly and not using pauses to the best effect. But a pause can really emphasise a point. It can really hit home when you're trying to convey a message. Speaking more slowly or more quietly can determine the energy and can change that roller coaster that we mentioned. Now, the roller coaster rule I'll come to in just a second because it's not just about your movement or your energy, it's also about your tonality. But all of these are state dependent, they're all learned, and these are things that we can do as speakers to change, to alter, and to determine the energy within a room. So if you're in a particularly quiet room, maybe it's a room with just a few small people, you can create interaction within that room. And there are lots of different ways that we can interact with our audiences. So this can be from things like using um, examples. So asking your audience to become involved. So if you're involving them regularly, maybe you're asking for some shares maybe in an environment where you're asking people what they do for a living or to give you an example of when they have experienced a particular situation. It's about involving them. So it may be asking people to show their hands. Hand raises can be really, really effective. Show me your hand if you've ever experienced this. It's also really important that if you're asking for a response from your audience, that you tell them what you want from them. So if you want someone to show their hand, you should be showing your hand nice and high, really straight up, really clear in the air. You should be showing people. You should be leading by example. If you want to hand raise, show people how to hand raise. If you're going to be asking questions of your audience, it's absolutely important that you ask them closed questions with just a yes or a no answer. Because if you ask an open question where you're asking people to tell things or to describe things to you, that creates chaos and can cause absolute carnage within a room unless you're asking people to show me your hand if you want to be the first person to share. So maybe that you ask a question and you say, is this making sense? Show me your hand if this is making sense. And you show your own hand really nice and high. You lead by example. It may be that you ask the question, are you with me? Yes or no? Give them a clear definitive answer. The options there are either yes or no. And people will tell you what you want to hear. If you want people to interact and maybe share, a great way to do this is to set people into groups. This can really change the energy in a room, particularly in a quieter environment or where the energy is quite low because you've covered a really kind of dry subject or maybe it's just nearing the point where you're ready for a break and you as the trainer or as the speaker, the person leading the room, you can feel that energy, maybe a void in energy or maybe a drop in energy. So one way that you can really raise the energy is to get people into their groups, maybe on their tables or with the people they're sat next to, to involve them, to ask them a question. Tell me a little bit about your first public speech. Have a chat with the people next to you, talk about it, and then we're going to ask for some shares. This then really raises the energy because there is a lot of noise in the room, there's a lot of commotion in the room, people are interacting with one another. And when you bring them back, from that interactive session to ask for some shares, you will notice an energy change, an energy spike. 
Now, if people are then sharing and they're showing their hands, telling you they're the person they want to tell you about their first attempt at a public speech, it's vital that you make them feel valued and special. Please and thank you. Make it about them as much as it is about you. So thanking them for sharing, and if they're the first person to share, it's great that they're the first person, so you should be honouring the fact that they're the first person. You should make them feel special and thank them for doing that, which will not only make that person feel special, but will also set the tone for the others in the room because it will make the others in the room feel a little bit more comfortable to be the next person to share. It's important that you move about to change the energy within your room. So when you're emphasising a point, you're creating a message or a piece of content, those exercises, those experiences actually add to the message that you're conveying, particularly if people feel they've been consulted, they're interacting and their voice is being heard. So you need to be really, really acute of the energy and people's interest within it. Now, it's a key point to note at this point that you can incorrectly judge a room. So what I mean by that is I remember delivering a content section at a multiple streams of property income event. So a property training event where there are multiple different speakers on stage and I was the first speaker after the lunch break. So after the lunch break, people have eaten all of their beige food, their sandwiches, their crisp, starts to hit their stomach. There's a little bit of an energy lull. And I use the humor that we mentioned previously to talk about the fact that it's a strategic plan that me as an energetic person, as a lively scouser, as the person put on stage to raise the energy after the carb coma sets in. And I was on stage delivering a content session and the two gents in the middle section and they were right in my eye line. And I could see that they just kept talking to one another. And me being me, at that point in time, bearing in mind I've been through all of the training and through learning how to be a public speaker, I thought you've just got to block that out. If you're not, you know, if you're not helping those two people, then you're doing your best to help everybody else within the room. But I don't know if you've ever been in a position where you feel like you're the person who's being spoken about within a room and it's really quite uncomfortable. And this was a huge room. There was over 400 people within the room, but I couldn't stop focusing on these two people. And the little voice in my head, that was Rob Moore, that was saying you've got 400 and odd other people in the room to focus on. And actually, you should be giving great service to those and not focusing on the two who maybe aren't the right people for you. Maybe they're not interested in what you've got to say. Don't focus on those two. Focus on the many who you're giving service to. And at the end of my delivery session, I'd walk to the back of the room and these same two gents walk up to me and made a point of telling me that they were really interested and engrossed in what I was saying. So much so that they were talking about it between themselves, writing down the key elements and the key points of what I'd shared. So it's absolutely vital that you don't prejudge the room or you don't have an incorrect perception. Now, if I'd have been a less experienced speaker by that point, if that had been me in my first, second or third speech, it could have totally blown me. It could have totally took me off course to the point where I focused solely on those two people and that little voice in your head or the little chimp on your shoulder that says, nobody's interested, they're not listening to what you've got to say, you're boring them, that could have totally derailed my entire speech. So it's absolutely important that you're acutely aware of that room and the levels of interest and those regular check-ins, asking for the hand raises, asking for people to give you yes and no responses, to nod their head, to interact with you, to gauge how the room is, is absolutely vital. Because if you look around a room at a training event, at a speaker's event, at a networking event, you'll often see people sat on their phones or writing notes down. Those people could be writing notes within their phone about your speech. 
I use Evernote on my phone. So it could look like I'm being rude when I'm typing things into my phone when actually I'm typing notes down from the speaker and the key salient points. It could be like at one of my events really recently where I had a lady who came to me to apologize for yawning profusely. I'm really interested in what you've got to say. I've just got a really new baby. She's eight months old and she's still not sleeping and I'm exhausted. In those instances, perception isn't always reality. So it's really, really important that you're aware of the room, but that you don't read too much into people's responses. You need to care for people and have, you know, their best interests at heart and ensure that you're giving them the best experience, but also don't let them drain your energy. Make sure that you still have enough energy to get through your speech. And again, the way that you're going to do this is through continual practice through the same duration of time. If you've got a 15 minute speech, practice 15 minutes. If you've got an hour's speech, practice an hour's speech. If you've got two day event, practice the two day event. You need to be able to manage your own energy to be able to manage the energy of the other people within the room too. So you can chase people if they don't respond. If there is an energy lull, then it's because people have just eaten lunch and they're a little bit tired maybe. It can be that there is an energy lull within the room and you might ask people to show me a hand if this is making sense. And if people don't show the hands, then it's chasing them. If this doesn't make sense, show me a hand because I'll cover it again. Oh, it does make sense. So getting people to show you your hands, chase them if they don't respond. Get that buy-in with people to get response to ensure that people are with you in regards to that. To help you to manage the energy within a room, there are so many different ways that you can have the audience interact it can be things like little group summaries. So with the people sat on the table next to you, with the people who are sat at the event next to you, with those who are stood by you, have a little chat and and debrief within their groups. It could be that you do brainstorms again within groups and it might be just a short 30 seconds, one minute with the people next to you to brainstorm the answers to the question that you pose or the section that you're going to be covering. It could be that you brainstorm the entire audience and you ask for people to shout out responses, to share. And again, it's your responsibility as the person leading the room to manage those responses. But practice makes this so much more comfortable. Show me your hand if you want to be the first person to share means that people won't just shout out at you. If there is a particularly low energy within the room or you really need to raise the energy for an energetic part of your speech, you can use power networking or some networking exercises. So go meet three new people within the room within the next three minutes. Go and have a chat with someone that you've not yet met. We're going to time it. There's going to be a buzzer at the end and we're going to ask for you to take your seats after it. You can have some games that have some really powerful lessons. So it can be a learn and a lesson, a story, but around an interactive section, which means that you increase the energy within the room. You gain the buy-in from your delegates, from your audience, and you create that movement the situational awareness to really raise the energy within the room. I've mentioned tonality and the roller coaster rule. As with our energy states, we'll all have a default energy. Just the same as that, we'll all have a default tone. So maybe you're the type of person whose tone is quite quiet and quite measured. Maybe you speak quite slowly and that's your default tone. Or maybe like me, you're quite loud, you speak quite quickly. And that is your default tone. We have people who have a monotone voice where they don't really raise the energy and that's their natural default tone. The first step is to identify what your default is. First of all, identify your default tone and own it. And a great way to do this is to record yourself speaking and listen back to it. I'll be really honest with you, this is painful. 
I can't listen now back to speeches where even if I feel like I've delivered a really good speech, I still find it excruciating to listen back. Don't know if you've ever recorded your own voice, listened back to it and thought, who's changed that? Whose voice is that? Because that's not mine. So it's not necessarily the most pleasant thing to do. However, it is one of the best ways to learn and to practice to identify what your tone is, what your default tone is, and how to emphasize that to change the tone within a room. So your roller coaster that we're looking for. The roller coaster means that if you have a quite a monotone voice, you stick with one tone and one pace regularly throughout your speech. This can turn people off unintentionally. It may not be that they're not interested in what you've got to say. It may be that actually your tone is just a kind of really mellow tone. It's quite melodic. It might have a rhythm to it and it might put people to sleep unintentionally. Vice versa, maybe you have the loud, ranty, shouty tone whereby it sounds like you're shouting at your audience all of the time when really you're not shouting at them, you're just conveying a message. It's about identifying your default tone and then practice and learn how to change it because your tone is just one part of it. So if you're getting to a really energetic part, it might be that you really raise your tone to tell people that you're really excited. But this only works if it's congruent. So even though you can't see what I'm doing now, if I speak to you over this and you hear me and I say, I'm really happy, you will be able to tell that I'm not smiling, that my tone doesn't convey the message. It's got to be congruent. And vice versa, if I'm to say to you, I am so sad right now, I'm really devastated, I'm really upset, my tone doesn't convey the message that I'm trying to convey. Congruence is absolutely key. And this comes all the way back full circle to you being confident in what you're delivering. Because if I'm telling you that I'm really excited, I'm really energetic, my tone, my rhythm, my tonality and the roller coaster should depict that. Because nobody wants to hear somebody who speaks their entire speech, a full pace, fast pace, really loud, really energetic. You get bored of that tone really, really quickly. And alternatively, if someone has a really measured tone, it's quite quiet, it's quite controlled. No one wants to hear this for the entirety of your speech as well. So creating that energy, that movement and that roller coaster, these all dovetail together to create a really interesting speech. So for example, if you're coming to a really exciting part of your speech, maybe you're going to share an example of a real life story where something was absolutely awesome. Your tone will increase. So if you increase your tone, It may be that you increase your pace as well to tell people you're excited. People can hear the smile in your voice when you're explaining just how exciting it is. So if you say you're really excited for this to be the first time that you're delivering your content to people, it should be conveyed through all means, through your energy, through your tone, through your roller coaster of both emotion and your roller coaster of your speed and variance of your tone, the pace of your tone. So you need to use congruence and it's really, really important that you practice this because again, if you watch yourself back on video or you listen to yourself on audio, you will note the points where your roller coaster isn't where it should be, where you're not utilizing the tone that really conveys your message. And again, it may be unintentional because we all have a default tone or a default level, a default pace, a default movement. So it may be the practice is needed for you to move a lot more to raise your energy, to raise your tone, to really build the excitement, the desire, the need. Or for people like me, it may be that you really need to practice reining it in, toning it down, moving less, 
utilising props like a stool or a seat to sit down on to stop you moving so much. It might be that you walk down into the crowd to interact, to really connect. And Tony Robbins is renowned for saying motion creates emotion. And if you're looking to create an emotion within your audience to create that rapport, build that connection and build that need to listen to you, your motion will create that. So your continual movement will excite and exaggerate your movements. It'll excite your audience. It will get them engrossed in what you're saying. If you stop moving and you have a complete polarity between your really excited movement, your networking, your loud speech, your continual interaction, and you counterbalance that with a controlled, measured, quiet tone, It shows the polarity, it shows the difference between your excited part and your lower part. In addition to this, you have stage anchoring. So where you stand on a stage, how if you stand right at the back of the stage, you will show, you may appear nervous. You may determine to your audience that you're not actually as comfortable as you really are. It may show a weakness. People may determine or may construe it as you being nervous, shy, or trying to step into the shadows. Alternatively, if you stand right at the front of the stage in what we call a power position with your feet just over the edge of the stage, right in the center, it conveys the emotion, it conveys the confidence of someone who is cool, calm and collected. If you're stepping off the stage and mixing into the audience or if at a networking event you're mingling in with the crowd, it conveys confidence, making good eye contact with people, conveys that connection and that rapport that you're looking to build. Ultimately, You determine the energy within your room. You have the power to increase it or decrease it at your will. You have the not only the power, but also the responsibility to manage the energy within your room. This is done through movement, through utilizing alternative tonality and through utilizing the roller coaster room, creating the highs and the lows, the ebbs and the flows, the peaks and the troughs within your speech, within your delivery and within your content. So an example of this is delivery on stage. I'm very fortunate that I deliver a number of different training events. And one of my favorite to deliver is the expert speaker discovery. Because over the course of this day, this is a live interactive training day where people learn about public speaking, how to bring it into life in their business, in their everyday life, setting up their own training companies, however they choose to interact it, whether they're public speaking on a live stage environment, whether it's done via social media or on video format. And if you're in a room where there is someone who's really, really quite shy and quite quiet. So recently I had an event where I had a really, really shy lady who explained to me that her biggest fear was public speaking. And that actually she felt a little bit sick at the thought of public speaking. And that the prospect, knowing that she's got to stand up in this section in front of her peers and speak even just for a couple of seconds is filling her with dread. Now in that environment, if I'd have been all raw, raw, all energetic and saying, it's great fun, you should do it, just give it a go, I would never have connected with that audience member. But an example of where you can use your energy, your tone, your movement and that roller coaster is that I'm really energetic throughout the course and throughout the delivery. And when she said this to me in a room full of people, which is a really brave thing to do, I stepped down off the stage I walked closer to her, I made eye contact with her and I said, firstly, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm sure other people within the room have a fear of it as well or maybe a little bit nervous. So I honour the fact that one, you're here and you're willing to try and, you know, overcome that obstacle. And two, 
the fact that you've been willing to share something that's quite personal in front of everybody else. So thank you so much for doing that. That encompasses a few of the things that we've already shown, which is to say please and thank you, which is to connect with your audience by lowering my tone, my speech, and exercising the roller coaster rule from the energetic me standing on stage to me stepping down, making eye contact, closing the distance between us, lowering the energy and lowering the tone makes that person feel more comfortable. And alternatively, when she did stand up in front of what we call your pod buddies, her peers stood in front of everyone and delivered her first speech to rapturous rounds of applause for her peers who knew how difficult it was for her, the energy change was completely different. Where I walked over, I gave her a high five, I told her she could do it. I was really proud of her. It was so exciting to see and I can't wait to see her next speech. The energy, the tone, the movement, completely different because motion creates emotion. So to summarize, you, as the person delivering the content, the speech, the delivery, the training, are responsible for managing the energy within your room. All learning is state dependent. It's really important that you have the right context and that not just the visible energy, but the invisible energy is noticed as well. It's so important to have both passive and active learning within your speeches And to ensure that you create the energy within a room, you identify what your natural or default energy tone is and that you work to create a polarization between that and the learned energy state that you manage, that you have your roller coaster rule in play. So you have highs and lows and peaks and troughs within your speech, both in your content, in your delivery, in your energy and in your tonality that your movement, your motion creates the emotion for your audience, that you can connect with your audience better through the motions that you use and that you can raise up the energy and you can lower the energy with your movement, that your tonality is absolutely key. It can really determine the mood within the room. And once you master all of these parts, you will be delivering the best public speeches for your audience. So thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe to further episodes to learn more about pitching, presenting and public speaking.